Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Orange Juice Optional. Hey, Suzanne, how are you? Good. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well. I'm trying to restrain myself and not over-talk <laughs> like I did you, last week. You thought you over-talked? You didn't over-talk last week. And the introduction I did because I was just oh. rambling a little bit. I had a lot to say, I guess. <laughs> or it, it was, was a probably, champagne. I was going to say it was the champagne we had before we recorded. Yeah, that could be it too. I should have popped a bottle before this recording, but I didn't. Oh, well, we'll have to go. Yep. We'll have to go it alone without the champagne. Yeah. So how is your day going? Pretty good. I'm, I keep getting distracted by emails that are coming in because, you know, I, we, I use my computer to record, but then my emails, when I get a new email, it'll pop up. So I'm trying not to be distracted by my emails that are coming up. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I I address that problem. I If I put my phone in Do Not Disturb, it puts my computer in Do Not Disturb. And so usually, and I'm going to say that because again, I have a love-hate relationship with technology, but usually I won't works. see the emails popping through. Well, and okay then. let's be honest, the emails that come through to me are not usually anything that needs my immediate attention because they're junk <laughs> that just come. Yeah. Even yeah. though I unsubscribe all the time, it just still appears. Okay. So I spent a couple of days ago, probably at 3.30 in the morning when I had nothing better to do with my time. I spent, I bet two hours unsubscribing because I had 48,000 emails and probably 47,000 of them were junk emails because, you know, my email divides it by inbox, social media or something like that, and then promotions. And I never, ever open the promotions tab. So those emails will just accumulate for ever. <laughs> and I had 48,000 emails. And it's like, okay, the only reason, I, the only way I'm going to get rid of these is unsubscribe to every single thing. And right. so I spent two hours doing that. Yeah, I spend a lot of time just deleting everything in my trash file out. <laughs> but I do have a, a question about that. So when you have 48,000 emails sitting in your inbox, various locations, do you have a little red number on your phone that says 48,000 emails, like a little red square <laughs> or a circle? No, no. Oh, thank God. I, mean, like, I have that. I have that with, I'm looking at my phone right now. Oh, yeah, I do actually. Okay. And explain this to me because it now says I have 65,785. And you just let that sit there? That doesn't drive well, you nuts? Well, because I know, again, 64,000 of these 65,000 emails are promotional emails, and I never open the promotional tab. So it's like, yeah, they come in, I never see them, they go out. And, but yeah, this is a little ridiculous considering I spent two hours deleting or unsubscribing and deleting everything. How can I have possibly in like three days gotten back to 65,000 emails? 
Yeah. When I, don't, I no. when I seriously unsubscribe to everything. Yeah. Well, you are seriously stressing me out right now. You know <laughs> that when you unsubscribe, they send you a message that you unsubscribe. So you've probably got those in there also. Right. I'm looking right now, now that we're talking about it, because I am a little annoyed by that. Yeah. No, I cannot sleep at night. And this is an OCD thing. And maybe instead of phobias, we should talk about OCD. If I have little red circles on my phone, like you have two messages, I have to go and clear them out (laughs) with everything. Like even if the games I play show I have games waiting to be played, I have to go play them before I can sleep at night. I need (laughs) help. (laughs) I need to go see a doctor. I'm sure about that. Well, it's really annoying to me. Okay. And for example... And I'm just calling this company out, Domino's Pizza. Okay, it's like, why am I getting their emails? I specifically remember unsubscribing to Domino's Pizza because I think I haven't had a Domino's Pizza probably in 10 years. So why am I getting their emails? And I unsubscribed and I have an email from Domino's Pizza. So now I am... (laughs) So now I am clicking here. I'm trying not to get distracted from our podcast, but now I'm unsubscribing again. And it's yeah. like, why? Why are they doing this to me? Remove me from the email list. Probably one of your kids, when they were visiting, ordered Domino's <sighs> and just used your email address, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we get stupid. on these lists. I know. I will say the other day, you and I went shopping at a place in Honolulu. And mm-hmm. the next morning, I had two emails from them, one thanking me for subscribing to their newsletter, which I didn't check that box, but apparently I'm now on their newsletter. And the next one telling me about their fall collection coming out, which, Mm. yeah, I live in Arizona, so I don't really think too much about the fall because, you know, but they'll get you on that list if they can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry, I'm totally distracted now because Domino's is making me prove that I'm not a robot by selecting the squares to unsubscribe. I'm going through this process. Okay, Um, well, maybe we should just move you away from Domino's for the present moment since we are recording a podcast and maybe you can share with us something about you. Yay, Suzanne, share your story. I'm gonna share my story, but I'm, this is absurd. This has never happened to me before. So now it's telling me I have to provide my phone number. It says this field is required to unsubscribe. So they want me to give them my phone number. Don't do it. Well, I'm unsubscribing from this stupid thing. I don't want their stupid emails. So it sounds like you're a little OCD also, maybe. Yeah. Well, I am now (laughs) because now once I have it in my head, that I'm going to not do this anymore. It's yeah. like, okay, but now I am putting my phone down because I have, now I have 65,784 emails that I have to delete. Yeah. I think there's something you can hit where it just says delete all and it'll take them all out. Okay, but I don't want them all deleted. Some of them I have to save for future <laughs> reference. Yeah. This is the lump sum of what's in my inbox, what's in my promotion box, and what's in my, you know, whatever the social media one is. But it's like, so I can't delete them all at once because then they're going to delete the ones I want to keep too. 
Okay, well, I'm going to choose to let this one go for my OCD because I don't have to look at your phone. <laughs> my phone says zero messages like in red. Like I hate that little red bubble. Like it really does stress me out. So you also wouldn't like the fact that I have 21 unread text messages. <laughs> no, read your messages, Suzanne. Okay, well, one of them is from Domino's Pizza. <laughs> one of them is from Hello Bello back from when my grandson was born. I've been getting text messages from Hello Bello for two years now and Domino's Pizza. Okay. It's like, no, why bother opening those kinds of emails? Because there's or probably text, an I mean. option to like type the word stop or something and then they'll stop okay. sending them. Okay. Well, I'm just But don't now. do it right now. No, don't do it now. <laughs> We're recording a podcast and you're the okay. star of this podcast because you're oh, going to okay. share your story about facing one of your phobias. Right. And, you know, and I've determined, okay, so I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm afraid of a lot of things. I do not have any phobias that I can think of off the top of my head, like true phobias. I have in the past, but somehow what I used to be have a phobia, I don't anymore. So define for me what the difference between being afraid of something and it being a phobia. Well, I think that's all relatively subjective, right? And you didn't tell me I'd have to be taking a quiz to talk about <laughs> phobias. Okay, well, I'm going to look that up too because um, because I want to be clear when I say I don't have any phobias because well, I don't. I have plenty of phobias, and tell me some of yours while I find the definition of. They phobia. are a little bit paralyzing. Like they are a little bit to the point where I'll just avoid something to take myself out of that situation. Like one of my phobias, and it's beyond fear, is birds. Like, I love to see little birds at a distance mm -hmm. or unique birds, like with um, pretty colors or unique features of some sort. And I do take pictures of them. I do find them mm -hmm. quite relaxing and beautiful. However, I'm terrified of birds. I'm terrified of walking along and having some idiot decide right on the path to throw breadcrumbs so it's swarming with all these birds and then they fly randomly and they're going to poop on me. They're dirty. They're unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And if a bird ever flew into me just because it was trying to get away, which has almost happened here in Hawaii a couple of times, yeah, I would lose my shit. And I scream. I do actually mm -hmm. scream when they unpredictably so, fly, fly at me. So you would find it correct that it is an exaggerated, usually inexplicable and illogical fear of a particular object, class of objects or situation. Yes. Okay. So I you would, have a... F yeah, because I know I would survive a bird pooping on me. However, the thought of it, I can't handle it. I honest to God <laughs> cannot handle it. And I've made a fool of myself in situations because of it. You've seen me. I, well, I have, yes. And I understand it. Although when I talk about phobias, I, on, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know me very well. 
do I have a, is there a phobia out there that I suffer from? I don't think there is. Snakes. Well, I don't even have, I don't like snakes. I am afraid of snakes. I don't want to get near snakes, but do I have a phobia to snakes? Well, maybe I do because I wouldn't touch a snake and I would jump up and down and scream if I saw a snake. Okay, so what you're saying is the difference between but I don't fear... Think that's, yeah, I don't think that's illogical, though. <laughs> no. Well, I don't right. think it's illogical either. It's all in uh -huh. our programming. So I was just going to say, you, you're saying the difference between fear of something and phobia is just phobia is so super exaggerated. Right. Okay. I think that's what I'm saying. Okay, but as a child... I had phobias for everything. I was afraid of absolutely everything. I did not like cable car rides. I don't didn't like being off the ground riding in anything. So I had a fear of flying. I, I, okay, but see again, these are fears, not necessarily phobias. But um, when you look at definitions of phobia, it does say fear of. It doesn't say exaggerated fear of. It just says fear of, at least what I've researched. Well, no. Phobia by the Webster Dictionary says it's a exaggerated and irrational or illogical fear. Like okay. it makes no sense. Well, <laughs> actually, all of, my, all of my fears make sense to me. <laughs> So therefore, it's not a phobia to me. Okay, well, you can keep telling yourself that. And <laughs> we'll try to buy it. But again, by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, phobia is an exaggerated, usually inexplicable and illogical fear of a particular object, class of objects or situation. Okay, well, if you don't want to call it a phobia, why don't you tell us the experience <laughs> that you had the other day that made you uncomfortable, Suzanne, and okay. made you react? I did react. But the reason I don't think it was exaggerated or inexplicable or illogical, because I think most people would react the same way I did. And I didn't really have a huge reaction. I was on the verge of a huge reaction, but I didn't really have a huge reaction. So... As I mentioned in our last podcast, Jeff and I went on a road trip. We went up to Antelope Canyon, fabulous, Horseshoe Bend, cool, Lake Powell. We went to Lake Powell, very fun. And then as we drove back, we decided, oh, and we went to Zion National Park, which one of my favorite national parks. <clears throat> and then we drive back, but it's like a seven hour drive. So we stopped in Sedona, spent the night in Sedona, and there's... Sedona, I haven't been there since pre-COVID, and it's grown. I cannot believe how many new little pop-up hotels there are. So we stayed in a brand new pop-up hotel. And we're on the third floor, and we're coming down to meet our friends in the elevator. And we get to the first floor, and the elevator doors won't open. And we are stuck in the elevator. Stuck. And... I'm like, okay, this is weird. And we can hear the door trying to open and it's going, but the door is not doing anything. And so I look at Jeff and it was one of those elevators where it has a front door and a back door. So, you know, you think you get to one 
one floor and maybe you get out on the other side of the elevator or whatever. So, but both doors won't open like that. They're both going, you know, not opening. I love the sound effects. I just (laughs) have to say. I know. And it happened to be a really hot day in Arizona and it was pushing a hundred degrees outside at this time of day and no air conditioning in the elevator, which that's a whole nother topic of conversation because why the heck wouldn't you turn on air conditioning in an elevator? Stupid, stupid, you know, way to cheap out. Anyway, so we're in this elevator. And so what do I do? It's like, okay, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to push the, they have a little bell and then they have a little telephone icon that you push to call to get help. So I push the phone and it connects me to 911. It doesn't connect me to anyone in the hotel. It connects me to 911. And the guy comes on and says, 911, what is your emergency? And I tell him, we're stuck in the elevator. And he said, well, what elevator? <laughs> and I said, well, we're in this hotel. And so I have to give it. So I have to tell him where we are in a town that I don't know because I'm visiting for one night and explain to him how to find us. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I can't believe this phone dialed 911 and not the front desk. And so I press the bell button on the elevator and nothing happens. Like there's no alarm, which I thought that's what the bell button meant is that when you push it, like a bell would ring or something and someone would hear us. Right. So, right. So Mr. 911 guy said, okay, well, we'll have to call dispatch and we'll get someone there as soon as we can. And I said, well, what do you mean get someone here as soon as you can? I mean, because in my mind, I'm still talking to the front desk. You know, I'm still thinking that someone at the front desk is listening to this conversation or somehow involved with this conversation. I said, can't someone just come and open the door for us? And he said, no, ma'am, I have to release it to dispatch and we'll get someone there as soon as possible. And so that's when the panic started to set in because it was getting hot and stuffy. You know, you get that feeling of I can't breathe in here. We're stuck in this elevator. We're never going to get out. The phone, our phones, we both had our phones, but they don't work in an elevator. So it's not like we can call from our phone to let our friends know that we're stuck in the elevator to get someone to realize that there are people actually in the elevator that aren't getting out. So I did start to panic and, and I'm like, Jeff, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of here? And it's like, well, Jeff's like, I don't know. And so then Jeff started pushing buttons (laughs) because that's what Jeff does in any sort of situation. It's like, well, let's push a button and see what happens. And nothing happens. You know, we can't go up. We can't go down. The doors are still trying to open. They're not opening. And oh, and I told the 911 guy that I was talking to, I said, well, can you give me an idea of when you're going to get here? Because it's getting really hot in the elevator. And he goes, well, we'll get there as soon as we can, ma'am. And I'm like, okay, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> and yeah, panic is setting in. And so when the door was clicking, the front door, Jeff decides he's going to grab the front door of the elevator and try to pry it open. 
but it won't budge. He can't do anything. So then the next time the elevator doors click like they're trying to open, he grabs the back door and he actually gets his hand around the door and he pulls it until the door starts to open. And then he grabs the door itself and just literally pushes it open. And he looks at me and he goes, get out while you can. <laughs> so, like Superman or something. Yeah. And I run past him. <laughs> like, yeah, each man for himself in my world. Did Jeff and, get out too? Yeah, he did. He just followed me out. But the back door took us into the hotel laundry room. <laughs> and so we walk into the laundry room. And the only way out of the laundry room is to go t through the offices, the management offices. So here we are coming from the laundry room, two guests in the hotel, just wandering through the office. And these indignant people are like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> so never be indignant with me. Never. I'm just, yeah, note to self, if you know what's good for you, don't get indignant with me because it's like, I was stuck in your fucking elevator and you didn't do anything about it. <laughs> and then Jeff, and as soon as I respond like that, Jeff will follow suit and he will talk the same way. And then he'll get a little bit more pissed off and he'll say, yeah, we were stuck in your fucking elevator and you didn't do anything about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so we just keep walking and we actually had one guy say, so you, you what? You're stuck in the elevator. You don't look stuck in the elevator to us. And at this point, I'm ready to hit someone because, and in my mind, I am still thinking that they realized I had hit the phone and someone in the building was aware that we were stuck in the elevator. And it wasn't until these conversations, these second long conversations we were having, weaving our way out to the main lobby, that we realized no one in the hotel was aware that we were stuck that the call immediately went to 911 and there was no way for anyone in the hotel to actually even know there was an issue with the hotel with the elevator. That is so scary because I've always assumed and again what is an assumption it makes an ass out of you and me but I really mm -hmm. truly have always assumed that if something goes bad in that elevator that 911 call is going to the person who installed the elevator or to the front desk so somebody who knows exactly where the elevator is exactly what to do right but that's not the case right well and it wouldn't do you any good if that call went to the whoever installed the elevator because it's like chances are they're not on site and when it's 100 degrees outside and there's no air conditioning in that elevator and there's no ventilation which there probably is ventilation i'm probably overreacting just a little but it's like i don't really want to contact someone off-site i want maintenance in the hotel to come and open the elevator door for me so I can get out. I don't want to wait until 911 shows up. And just for the record, okay, so then we go out to the lobby and a maintenance guy walks by and I said, you know, your elevator is broken. And he goes, yeah, 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 I'm going to fix it now. And that is how he talked to me. And I looked at him and I said, I was the one stuck in that elevator. And, you know, and it was just, it was one of those just absurd 
experiences because and just for the record then they did not contact 911 to say the guests are out of the elevator you don't have to come because then it was about 15 minutes after that that a fire truck shows up at the hotel and i know it's because i called 911 from the elevator <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's super crazy. Now, last week we were talking about our smart hotel that we couldn't figure out, but I guarantee you that the hotel, the smart hotel has a better system in place for a broken elevator. Well, like they probably would have a control so. that's like, okay, we'll put air in there right now. We'll make you as comfortable. Like I would just think they wouldn't drop that ball. Well, but the smart hotel that we're in in Hawaii is also an older hotel that's been updated. So do you really think they've updated the elevator system in that hotel? Probably Let me just not. believe they have. Let me just live with that thought since we're right. still here. But when we get back to the mainland, you can tell me, oh, I think their elevators probably suck too. And I'd be yeah. like, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, and I, in all honesty, I, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've actually really ever been stuck in an elevator. But as a child, I had such an irrational fear of elevators that no matter where we were with my family, I always took the stairs. I never got on the elevator. My whole family would get in the elevator and go up to the floor. And I always took the stairs because I was so deathly afraid of getting into getting stuck in an elevator. And I never did get stuck in an elevator. And so, you know, it took until this point in my life to actually have experienced getting stuck in an elevator. Do you want to hear my elevator story? Yes, now, I do. I, I don't remember it because I was so incredibly young, but... It has been shared with me many times. When I was younger, like three or four, my mom had me and my little sister, and we had gone to a shopping mall with mm -hmm. some friends who also had a daughter my age and my sister's age. And so as we go to get on the elevator, my friend and I run onto the elevator, just the two of us, and it closes before our moms can get on with us. So we are the only two in that elevator, three years old, and oh. my mom says they could hear us screaming from floors below. Like, <laughs> you would think I would be traumatized of elevators, but I, I'm really not. I have more of the issue, and I don't know if you have this issue, I'm very claustrophobic. The idea of being stuck or confined or held mm -hmm. back in some way freaks me out. I hate it. Yeah. And we, you and I actually talked about this a little bit earlier today, because I'm trying to decide if I'm claustrophobic, because I want to say, no, I am not claustrophobic. Small spaces do not terrify me. But if I get in a situation where it's too warm, or I'm uncomfortable, I mean, I could be in a room that's 10 by 10. And feel claustrophobic because I don't like that uncomfortable feeling of, you know, it's hot, it's sweaty, I can't breathe. Yeah, no, I am full, full blown claustrophobic going into the catacombs in France. Bad idea. Getting onto an, an airplane and being seated towards the back of the plane in a window seat when everybody stands up to get off the plane. Shoot me. 
because yeah. I can't handle it because I can't get out if I need to get out and it throws me into a tailspin. Last year, mm-hmm. the dress I wore to Jimmy's wedding, couldn't get the zipper down. Oh, I had yeah. to be cut out of it and I started to panic. I couldn't breathe. I'm being confined. I'm being held. Rings right. at night on my finger. I have to take them off. I don't like that feeling of being confined or held small or restrained or yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan either. And I have to say, I have those same experiences where you feel the panic attack coming on when you're in that situation. Like you can't get out of a dress, you know, the zipper's stuck and you're like, oh my God, get me out of this dress now. Cut it off me if you have to. But yeah, yeah, but, but it wouldn't prevent me, for example, last time when I was in Hawaii with my son and daughter-in-law, they took me to the Volcano National Park on Kona, in Kona, or in the Big Island. And <laughs> little did we know, they have these volcano tunnels where the, I think they're called lava tunnels, where the lava actually flowed and created a tunnel underground. And we walked through one of those tunnels. And if I were really claustrophobic, I don't think I would have ever even attempted it. But that being said, I really thought it was a, we're going to walk in and then turn around and walk back out. But the only way to go was to get walk all the way through the tunnel, which was a little freaky. But if I was claustrophobic, I probably wouldn't even considered going into that tunnel. Right. And sometimes See what I'm you, saying? So, yeah, I do. Because sometimes you don't know until you get into that space. Like I was the one that champion bought tickets to the catacomb tour in France. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got down there that I'm like, this is a really bad idea. Like it, I'm mm-hmm. being held so close and I just, I can't even stand it. And I know that mine is claustrophobia because you talked about that unrealistic or that exaggerated fear when I couldn't get that dress off. I thought I was going to have to live the rest of my, like that's what is going through my mind is I am never going to get this dress off. It's never going to happen. I'm going to spend the rest of my life stuck in this dress. It it, (laughs) it gets really irrational and I can't breathe. And so I do know for me, it's a fear. If that's what your definition or the dictionary's definition definition is yeah yeah then it is definitely a phobia versus a fear because another common phobia would be the fear of spiders now is it just irrational to be afraid of a spider in general does that so does that make it a phobia or can you be afraid of a spider but not have a phobia to spiders yeah i'm not really afraid i don't like them but i wouldn't say i have a phobia of them. I don't run the other direction if I see them. Right. I have a sister-in-law and my mother-in-law both definitely had a spider phobia. Like they couldn't even be in the same room with a spider. And I think as they, I don't know if my mother-in-law ever did, but I know my sister-in-law, she got older, she got control of the phobia. She still hates spiders. She's afraid of them but I don't think it's an irrational fear anymore. But she has a strong fear of spiders. And again, I am afraid of spiders. And I'm okay, I take that back. I'm not really even afraid of spiders because I have no problem killing a spider. So I don't really have a spider fear, but unless it's a tarantula. But yeah, so I can't really use that as an example. 
a fear versus a phobia. Okay. Well, why don't we have a little quiz on this? And <laughs> oh. I know you like quizzes. And I now I'm going to be facing one of my phobias because I do not like when I cannot pronounce a word correctly or when I send something misspelled out into the universe. So I'm going to mm -hmm. try and say the choices because it's multiple choice. So also okay. known as Suzanne shouldn't be able to argue with the quiz, but she will. But I will do my best to pronounce them correctly. Okay. Okay. Go for it. So this quiz comes from brainfall.com. And it is okay. called Phobia Quiz. Can you name these common phobias? Okay. So oh. here's the first question. When someone has this fear, it's nearly impossible for them to enjoy things like concerts, sporting events, and other open spaces with crowds of people and no clear exit. What's the name of the fear? Is it acrophobia, agoraphobia, claustrophobia, or glossophobia? So the first one was acrophobia and then yes. agoraphobia. Yes. I want to say it's one of those. I was going to say acrophobia. And then when you said agoraphobia, it's like, no, it's agoraphobia. So I'll go with B. Agoraphobia? Yeah. Okay. And you would be correct. That is the fear oh, of crowds. Okay. So question number two. Claustrophobia mm -hmm. is not a fear of heights, fear of thunder, or fear of dogs. So what is it a fear of? Is it a fear of social anxiety, small places, fear of spiders, or fear of snakes? Well, clearly B, we've already talked about it. Yes, small spaces, you are correct. Yay, Suzanne. <laughs> okay, here's the next question. Some people may undergo exposure therapy to treat their mysophobia, M-Y-S-O, Phobia, which is the fear of what? Is it the fear of thunder and lightning, the fear of germs, the fear of dogs, or the fear of heights? Hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say heights, although I don't think that's what it is. Okay. And the answer is not heights. The answer is actually germs. Oh, I was going to say that. But I thought there now. was another word. I know, but I thought there was another word for germ. Well, it's because I call them germaphobes. That's right. why. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. A.K.A. my dad. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So here's question number four. If not for the internet, the fear of holes may not have become such a fairly common one shared by millions. What is the name of this phobia? Is it glossophobia, tripophobia, agrophobia, or ophidiophobia? O p h i d i o p h o b i a. I think it's B. Tripophobia, which is spelled. Uh -huh. I'll just spell it real quick because I know I didn't pronounce it right. T r y p o p h o b i a, and you are correct. That is the fear of, and holes. you know why I'm correct because, because You're my Suzanne? no, because my daughter and and I don't know if it's a phobia, but they can't stand like a honeycomb pattern. They can't. It makes their skin crawl when they see a honeycomb pattern. 
Really? I didn't even know that was a thing. I just learned something new today. Yeah. And so I have heard them refer to that phobia because they both have it. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move on to question number five. Snakes on a Plane is a film about snakes taking over an airplane, which can be scary for people who hate flying and have this phobia. Is it astrophobia, aerophobia, social phobia, or arachnophobia? Well, I'm going to say B. Aerophobia. And you would be correct. That is the correct answer. (laughs) Okay. Number six. I know you do. You're doing very well. If you have physical (laughs) symptoms like a rapid heartbeat or suffer from panic attacks whenever you get close to spiders, then you suffer from which of these common phobias? Is it acrophobia, arachnophobia, trypanophobia, or agoraphobia? B. And you're correct. Arachnophobia, fear of spiders. Okay, question number seven. Being afraid of heights or public speaking are phobias involving actions you have control over. Ophidophobia, O-P-H-I-D-I-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, however, is a fear of what? Is it a fear of small places, a fear of snakes, a fear of flying, or a fear of spiders? Well, it has to be B. And you are correct. It is a fear of snakes. Right. <laughs> okay. Only by process of elimination, because I think we talked about the other three already. I know. I think we did too. So <laughs> so do you just want me to say that it was a given? Or do you want to take credit for having the right answer? No, because no, I think it was very intelligent of me to eliminate the three that we had already talked about. So by process of elimination, I actually worked for the answer. So I get credit for it. Okay. I'll give it to you. Okay, so people who have cynophobia, C-Y-N-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, may avoid situations in public areas like parks because they might run into their greatest fear, which is what? Is it a fear of snakes, a fear of dogs, a fear of flying, or a fear of thunder and lightning? I'm going to say a fear of dogs. And you would be correct. Cynophobia, wow. fear of dogs. Okay, two more questions. That was, a, that was a guess. That was a guess. I was almost went with thunder and lightning, but okay, go ahead. Because you'd already eliminated the other two. Right. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so the next question, which phobia may be the scariest, even if you don't have a crazy fear of heights? Would it be aerophobia, acrophobia, trypanophobia, or thanathobia? Okay, well, I don't know. Um, Even if you don't have a fear of heights, is that what the question is? Yeah, it has a, like the question shows a picture of a really big roller coaster. And it says, which phobia may be the scariest, even if you don't have a crazy fear of heights? So I'm thinking it's asking about heights. So is it aerophobia or acrophobia, trypanophobia or thanathobia? Did we already establish what aerophobia is? I think that's a fear of flying. Okay. So it could be that one, even if you don't have a fear of heights. If you're in a roller coaster, could be that one. Or I could just do a random guess. Okay. Which one are you going with? I'm going with 
a fear of flying. Okay. It is actually acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. So, oh, close. Okay. But, does, but doesn't the question say even if you don't have a fear of heights? Yeah, it does. It didn't make a lot of sense to me either. I got it wrong too. If yeah, that makes you well, feel better when I took the quiz. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> Here's question number 10. Last and final question. The National Institute of Mental Health considers the fear of social situations, usually involving a person being put in a room full of judging strangers to be the most common phobia today. And what is that called? Is it acrophobia, which we just learned is a fear of heights, social phobia, agrophobia, or anxiety disorder phobia? Okay, B. And you are correct. That is social phobia. So you did really good. I think you got an 80%. I got a 70%, but let's see what it says. Analyzing your responses. <gasps> yep, 80% correct. You are a mental health assistant. That's what it says. <laughs> wow. You, let's see. It says you were so close to acing this quiz. If only you had the experience and knowledge of some of the top mental health professional doctors in the country, you should still be proud. Not very many people get this many of the questions correct. I am proud. I am proud of you too. And you couldn't see the pattern <laughs> that I was seeing, but every single correct answer was choice Would's B. B. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, every single I one. Was, yeah. I know. I should have just said B across the board, but. Yeah. You should have just said answer B. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, but B. anyhow, that was a fun little quiz again from Brainfall dot com and just exploring a little more into mm -hmm. phobias because there are a lot out there and if we had more time i would get into some of the ones that they consider to be like weird or you don't hear a whole lot about but they actually do exist mm. like a phobia of clowns which <laughs> no surprise i have that also i don't want to be around a clown hmm so. yeah well anything else you want to share about how you have no phobias <laughs> I feel like I'm rubbing salt in a wound or something by saying I have no phobias. No, I really just wanted to share my elevator experience because it's the first time I've ever been really stuck in an elevator where I was seriously stuck and the experience was not what I expected it to be. Didn't expect 911 to answer the phone. Didn't expect the fire truck to show up. Didn't expect the staff at the hotel to be indignant. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a shame that all of those things happened. Like every step of the way was a misstep on their part. Like they could have correct, corrected it here. They could have corrected it here. They could have acknowledged it here. Mm -hmm. Yet they're totally clueless. And yeah. even the next day, there was still an out of order sign on that elevator. So they did not fix the elevator in the time that we were there. Yeah, totally disappointing. Yeah. Well, I guess with all that shared, I am just going to get in the or the first cheers today anyway. So cheers, everyone. Have a great week. Cheers. Bye.